You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm here at Capitola Book Cafe talking with the Zymer Geeks. These are home beer brewing enthusiasts. And with me I have... Mark Crane. Dick Gabler. Troy from the Santa Cruz Mountains. Jutalolio, but I'm not speaking. <laughs> and we also are expecting Dave Bossy and Mark Taylor shortly. Tell me... Um, let's talk about the, let's get the sketch the basics of home brewing. How much is it going to cost for me to go, to go out and buy the stuff so I can make the kind of mead that he made tonight? The mead is actually a little different in beer making, and the, and the ingredients are more money. The actual equipment involved is a little bit less money because typically you only heat a mead to a certain point and so forth. But, um... In really rough numbers, you can get started for about $100 worth of equipment, and ingredients, depending on what you want to do, will run you from $30 to $50 for a five-gallon batch of beer or mead. Now tell me, how long have you been brewing? I've been brewing since uh, probably the early 60s. Wow, that's a long time. That's a lot of beer. <laughs> that's a lot of beer. Did you drink all that beer? Uh, most of it, most of it, yes. Uh, there was a span of time in between that I wasn't brewing. I brewed from, let's say, 1960 to about 1970, and then didn't brew again until about 1988 or 89, somewhere in that area. Well, tell us, what brings you to, to decide to brew beer at home? Um, well, because it's uh, closer, and you don't have to drive to the store when you've been drinking. <laughs> That's really a, a benefit. <laughs> that way, uh, that way you don't have to take like a seven-year gap in your uh, beer-making activities. Well, um, what can you describe to me? Uh, I'm sorry, Mark. Mark, can you describe to me the equipment that we need to start brewing beer? What what do I go out and buy? Uh, the very simplest is something to boil in, um, That's the, and you can go from anywhere from the largest pot you got in the kitchen up to a seven or eight gallon pot. Um, you need a something to ferment in, which is typically a six or seven gallon plastic uh, bucket that's food grade, and um, other than that, you need clean water, some yeast, and the ingredients, and that's about the size of it. Where do we find the recipes for beer? The recipes you can get uh, out of numerous books. You can also get them from your local homebrew store. Mark, um, I just wanted to add that you know the uh, there are recipes everywhere. You could probably find a thousand of them on the internet at this point. Um, you can develop your own. There's, I mean, start with anything and get anything. A lot of that just depends on what style of beer you're intending to brew and how you want to get there. Let's say I like a good, uh, pretty clean lager. I'm thinking or a Spaten style, uh, the light beer. Oh, here he is. Here's the man. Tell me how to make my Spaten for myself. <laughs> yeah, Spaten. Spaten. Spaten is a lager. Uh, basically, it's it's just a. The only difference between it, most people make ales. The reason they do that is, is you can ferment them at room temperature. Where lagers need to be 
ferments it in, in I would say, the mid-50s, mm-hmm. temperature-wise, uh, which makes it a little difficult for the average home brewer to do that without a refrigeration, and you have to keep it cool. Room temperature is a little too warm for it, generally. Um, um, they just to make one of these things, it's, it's they're, they're all basically start with similar materials. It's just malt, yeast, um, hops, and water. Dave, tell me about, I've got, I've got a pound of yeast, a pound of malt, a pound of hops, and a bunch of water. What do I do next? Well, first you'd want to have a recipe to start with. And that you can usually, like Mark was saying, you can get most anywhere. There's a lot of good books that have excellent recipes in them. And it's just like cooking in certain ways because you have to have certain amounts of ingredients and you have to combine them in certain ways. And, you know, you have to do your your actual boiling and brewing and then you have to go through fermentation. Um, So with just those uh, raw ingredients that you were saying, you can make almost anything. Well, now tell me... um, you were, you're the mead maker, man. You made some delicious mead. Um, that's kind of a, a off-the-beaten-path. What drove you to make mead as opposed to some beer? Well, uh, when you brew, you brew with what you have in the house at the time, and I ran out of um, uh, powdered malt extract, so I use honey instead. And, that's, and everyone here knows what I'm talking about. If you're thirsty, you're, it's a motivation. You know, one thing that that interests me is it really sounds a lot like cooking in that there's a lot of art form and, and as as you just said, making do with what you got. There really is. Um, any individuality or quirkiness that you happen to have in your own personality definitely shines through in the beers that um, each of us produce. And, and there is, um, there's a certain amount of chemistry, there's a certain amount of art to assembling it. Any good chef has, oh, anybody can brew. Um, It gets into the artistic end of things when you're attempting some of the more esoteric styles. Well, tell us about some of those esoteric styles. Um, The beer that I brought is a Rausch beer, which is not really in the esoteric range, but it's one that's Uh, There's an Alaskan smoked porter that's available in the U.S. There's a German beer from Bamberg that's available in the U.S. Um, The supply is really limited, so one of the reasons why I brewed it was so that I could drink uh, more than one or two uh, glasses of it. Uh, Dave, tell me a little bit about what happens um, once you put this thing to ferment. How do you go about fermenting beer? That's kind of a weird step to me. Well, the fermentation part, uh, what we say in brewing quite often, and I guess in other types of fermentation, is we just throw the ingredients together and then the yeast makes the beer or whatever it is you're fermenta- fermenting. Um, most of us ferment in 5 to 10 gallon batches. Um, most of us are usually fermenting ales, so it's something you can just leave at room temperature. You put your yeast in, uh, make sure everything's sanitized, of course, it's very important with beer making. Um, <clears throat> And then you basically put it off in a corner for one to two weeks uh, and let it ferment until it stops fermenting. Uh, and then you transfer it to either kegs or bottles and uh, make sure you carbonate it properly and wait a couple more weeks and off you go. Tell me, how do you know when it's done? There's two ways. One of them you can watch. that the We, we, we have a, an airlock on it that uh, blows bubbles. And the first indication usually is that slows down significantly. 
And the other way to, to, to prove where you're at is to check the final gravity of the beer with a hydrometer and see where that, when it finally drops low enough and holds that point, then you're pretty much done with it. And with me here, I have... Steve Rannells. Steve, tell me about your experiences brewing beer. What's the best beer you've ever brewed, and what did you do when you tasted it? Well, I'm uh, actually right now I'm I'm into the old English ales, and they're really smooth. And um, I've uh, been getting a couple awards out of them and stuff, the, our homebrew competitions. And uh, I just uh, it's a really nice, uh, smooth drinking beer. Mark, tell me about your best best experience drinking beer. I would really have to think on that. I've got about 160 beers that I have records for. And there's probably another 30 beers that before I started keeping records. And I think the best beer that I've got is the one I currently have in the refrigerator. And there's four of those. So and the beer that you got on hand is probably the best beer you got. I did want to add something. You asked when it was finished. And um, last year at the fair, in fact, every year when we brew at the fair, which we do in September, um, there's always the stories that we get about um, exploding bottles and so forth. And that's really a derivative of not being completely fermented when people were actually going to put the beer in bottles. Um, back 20 years ago, there was no real science. I shouldn't say there was no, but there, the science of it was not as well perfected. People tended to try and catch it at a point where the carbonation would be right rather than what we do currently, which is let it ferment out and then add back some more fermentable sugars to the right number of carbonation units that we want to get in the beer. So the days of the, the exploding bottles, I wouldn't say are gone, but they're definitely less of a, an occasion. All right, Dave, tell me your worst experience brewing beer. What was your, your beer horror story? Well, we do this thing each year called Big Brew, and it's where um, several of our members get together and we teach other people how to homebrew. We kind of gang up in a, a parking lot at a, uh, we've been going to Santa Cruz Mountain Brewing and using their parking lot to, to brew. And um, I think it was two years ago, we had a tremendous amount of wind and I also had a problem with, I couldn't get my kettle to drain properly. Uh, I was using new equipment and uh, we had a lot of a struggle on that and finally ended up having excellent beer out of it, but it was a little frustrating at the time. Can you, you've been brewing beer for a hell of a long time. <laughs> Tell me your, your hor worst horror story beer. Like Any exploding <laughs> bottles? <laughs> <laughs> well, biggest, I, I guess the, the, the worst horror story that I've had, we, when I shifted from making an extract beer to all grain, I also built a new piece of equipment at the same time. And we were having difficulty with the water chemistry, not understanding the importance of it. And the beer actually tasted like it had a rubber hose in it. And I threw a number of them away <laughs> until I figured out what the problem was. Mark, your horror story. Um, probably the most recent one that comes to mind is I was brewing in the middle of the winter. I was brewing a very large beer. It was a an imperial pale ale, and I had far more hops in it than I normally did. And so when I got down to the point where I was completely done with the beer, it was chilled out, and I was ready to move it from 
the boil kettle to the fermenters, I found that my, uh, my hoses were clogged with hops. And I ended up taking out the beer from the kettle in a scoop, hand squeezing the hops into the funnel that went into the fermenter. And, and of primary uh, importance to any brewer is sanitation. And I think at that point my sanitation broke down somewhat. Um, I will say that the beer turned out quite nicely. Um, my ill handling and ill fortune did not seem to affect it too badly. Um, the, interesting that you ask that because Mark Taylor is one of our members that, that teaches at Cabrillo and has a current class coming up in the uh, actual instruction of brewing and one of the best things you can do is take a class on something on the subject to get started in it. Mark, tell us about your class. Well, uh, the first class starts at the end of May. It's a five-week kind of intensive and basically it's um, starting out with the basics of extract brewing and then we progressively get more and more uh, into the science of brewing and the last um, the second to last class would be an all-grain uh, 10 gallon batch of beer and then the final class we'd actually sample the beers that we brewed in class with uh, a food pairing that the people would bring in to match with it. Could you talk about uh, teaching the art of brewing? That's a I it's kind of like a, you know, a, a duty in a sense, isn't it? It really is. You know, brewing goes back quite a ways in this country. I mean, um, in the early days, the founding of this country, people brewed beer in their kitchen as a regular um, part of their activities. And um, I think that this country is kind of moving back in that tradition as people are, are getting more involved in locally grown food. Um, making their own food and canning and storing food. Um, brewing beer for yourself at home is a big part of that. Could you talk uh, about um, when you're teaching a class like this, aren't you giving away some of your trade secrets? <laughs> there, there, aren't, there aren't any secrets. I mean, <laughs> brewing, brew, people have been brewing beer for thousands of years, and it's, it's pretty well known how to do it. Um, and I am more than willing to share any um, brewing recipes that I come up with with anybody that, that wants them. I, the thing about the brewing community is we're real generous that way. I've been speaking with the Zymer Geeks. Uh, with me I've had... Mark Crane. Dick Gabler. Mark Taylor. Troy from the Santa Cruz Mountains. And Dave Bossy's out there somewhere. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.